Hi, I'm Jayan Sriram and welcome to In Focus, the Hindu's analysis podcast. Thanks for joining us. We are recording on the 4th of May and officially today the third phase of the lockdown has kicked in with relaxations coming into place in several areas. Simultaneously the government has also announced plans to bring back Indians stranded abroad. So cumulatively that gives us a lot to discuss today. I'll start on the latter point with Suhasini Haider, the Hindu's national and diplomatic affairs editor who joins me first on the show today. Suhasini, uh, tell me uh, let, let's talk about first about the government's announcement today and how this is going to progress. Well, it's certainly going to be a welcome announcement for thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of Indians who are stranded in different parts of the world. But uh, the, the truth is, gents, it's going to be a massive exercise. The government has announced that it will begin a phased uh, return of distressed Indian citizens. Um, they will be brought back in the next few weeks, basically by commercial aircraft and by ships. And the government is making it very clear that they will have to pay their way uh, and uh, they will also have to, when they reach, agree to being quarantined for 14 days, uh, pay for the quarantine facilities as well as the uh, hospital facilities if those are needed. Um, so this is going to start from May the 7th, uh, from what we understand. Sources have told us that they already have a sort of plan for about 60-odd flights, 60 uh, to 65 flights that are expected to uh, come in over the first week. Um, now, remember, th- uh, details still have to be ironed out in terms of how many passengers can actually go on each flight, um, given social distancing norms and all the rest of that. But what the government says it has put out is a is a standard operating procedure, an SOP, including all the protocols for how they will bring people back. Um, from what we understand uh, of these flights, uh, at least half of those flights will actually be coming from the Gulf. Earlier, we had heard that the government would only actually begin by bringing people back from the Gulf. But the, the good news for those in other parts of the world is that uh, along with six countries of the Gulf, UAE, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Kuwait, and Oman, we are going to see um, passengers being brought in from the US, from the UK, from Singapore, Malaysia, uh, Philippines, and uh, Bangladesh. Now, they are not going to fly all into hubs in India. They will fly actually directly to 10 separate states. Of course, Kerala, Tamil Nadu, and the Delhi NCR are going to see the largest number of flights because that's where the largest numbers of migrant uh, uh, workers and populations are. And remember, it's not just the flights. The naval ships are, uh, are being put into place, particularly to bring back migrant labor from, uh, from the Gulf region. Um, so we will see a mix of those being used. Uh, we understand prioritization is already taken place to some extent with embassies saying who really needs to come back, who has the health issues, the personal emergencies, uh, and has been away, you know, um, uh, at a time when they couldn't manage to, uh, uh, they need to be with their families. Um, We also understand that women will be given priorities on the flights, uh, and pregnant women will be given the top priority. Uh, By uh, I think uh, the, the naval ships will be used for men, essentially migrant labor coming from these uh, uh, six countries in the Gulf. Um, And uh, we do expect to see that a large number of those will be flying, as I said, to Kerala. In fact, the first few flights, I think, will be going directly from places like uh, the UAE and 
uh, Qatar and uh, Riyadh to Korikod and Kochi. Um, so that's where the government is at at this moment. The planning has been done. Uh, it will be announced in the next couple of days, uh, and they expect to start the first flights from May the 7th. Okay, and as you mentioned, so Asni, this is on a payment basis, right? This first batch of flights. Um, any any idea how much how much these flights are going to cost? Are they going to be very expensive to take for people stranded abroad? Well, right now, Jayant, it isn't very clear which will be the planes that will be used. Obviously, we expect that Air India will do the bulk of the flying. Um, uh, how much they will pay is going to be decided, I think, according to each of the destinations they are going to come from. Um, but it is being made very clear by the government. Remember, there is this entire controversy about migrant labor in Maharashtra, Gujarat, in Karnataka uh, being made to pay for the special uh, shamik uh, trains that were put yeah. in place in the last couple of days. And there's been this controversy about whether the government should have actually charged them. The government saying that some of it went to the state uh, governments and it wasn't really taken by them. But but the, the real fact is that given that kind of backlash that the government faced for bringing migrant labor and making them pay for their way, uh, I suppose it would be difficult for the government to actually uh, allow people to come from abroad without uh, in some way paying. It's still uh, unlikely that they will be charged um, uh, on the naval ships as they come back. Um, but it remains to be seen, you know, these are unprecedented times and uh, the government has kept its cards very close to its chest, you know, till the last minute until the government's order actually came out. Uh, the press release came out saying that they had agreed to bring Indians back. Uh, we spoke to several people in embassies, people who had spoken to embassy officials who actually said we have got no orders uh, as of now. Even the Ministry of Defense says we have got all our ships on standby. In particular, I think the INS Jalashwa uh, has been prepared as well as a, a bunch of vessels, a few vessels, uh, what are called LSTs have been prepared to bring people back. But they don't really know what the plan is going to be for traveling to the Gulf uh, until they actually get their final order. So it's been planned uh, uh, by uh, officials in three or four ministries uh, and kept uh, fairly um, you know, close to their chest, as I said, until they're able to announce that they can bring people back. Embassies have been asking to register those who are returning. And then I can tell you one embassy like the UAE has already received about two lakh people uh, registering and saying that they wish to return to India. Now, not all of them okay. uh, really need to uh, be back urgently. Uh, some of them may just need to come between jobs. Some of them may have actually finished their assignments and required to return home. Um, but given those numbers and given the fact that uh, the Kerala government expects in all about 5 lakh migrants to return, we understand already registrations have, have crossed more than a million if you look at the worldwide figure. Uh, these are going to be very large numbers uh, and, and this entire operation is certainly not going to be a short one. It will uh, last weeks, if not months. Yeah, um, today's uh, today's announcement was the circular issued was by the Home Ministry, which I think kind of focused a lot on what the states need to do in terms of quarantining and screening uh, people as they come in. Um, is the is the is the External Affairs Ministry expected to take the lead going forward, or is this um, or is it going to be on an embassy to embassy basis? Well, the Ministry of External Affairs is coordinating much of the effort, but um, when it comes to actually boarding people and deciding who is going to get on. That will be done by the embassies. In addition, in terms of the SOPs, everybody who gets on, and this is actually important, maybe I should have said it earlier, Jeff, 
that no COVID patients or nobody who's even symptomatic will be allowed to board any of these uh, planes or ships. Um, And they will be screened. They will be screened medically at the airport when they come to board. Uh, And after that, they will uh, have to follow the procedures on board uh, when they return to their destination, whether it's Ahmedabad or Kochi or uh, even Srinagar has a few flights coming in. Um, They will then have to uh, actually uh, uh, download the Arogya Setu app, which we have spoken about in the past. Um, So that's mandatory for anyone returning from abroad. They will have to download the app. Uh, then they it will be uh, they will be screened again, and if they need to go to a hospital, they will go there. Uh, but otherwise, they go to an institution, a quarantine institution, for two weeks, for fourteen days. At the end of which, they will be administered a COVID test. So clearly, state governments have been told to expect these numbers and been told to uh, prepare arrangements accordingly in terms of doctors at the airport, in terms of uh, beds at the hospital, uh, as well as a quarantine facility. And Jacob, uh, before we, um, we, we we will discuss what happened at the health ministry and at, and at the briefing and discuss a little bit about the numbers. But um, just before we get to that, you've reported on a rather interesting story today about the number, the statewide breakup of the numbers and how they coincide with other illnesses, uh, particularly yeah. swine flu. It's a swine. So just yeah, yeah. Just just explain that more. So basically, uh, there is. It, I mean, very early on, you know, when COVID, when Corona, SARS-CoV-2 was, uh, you know, just in the horizon of India and, you know, mostly in the West, you know, went beyond China, there was a, there was a lot of scientific discussion about what similarity does it bear to, uh, does it bear to the seasonal flu? And, uh, you know, there was a debate because it had similar modes of action. It was infecting the lungs. It was highly transmittable and it, I mean, it was infection was via droplets. So, uh, but, you know, a distinction became apparent very early on because this belonged to an entire new family of uh, viruses. I mean, this is a, this is a coronavirus we're talking about, whereas the swine flu virus is, a, is an influenza virus. They are the H1 type or, you know, which is a completely different family. Uh, but now I was I was just looking at data that is maintained by the National Centers for Disease Control, and uh, this is our this is our, this is India's Health Ministry arm that looks at disease surveillance. They find they file weekly reports of you know uh, spikes in any kind of disease outbreak in any part of the country. They have a very vast extensive extensive network across the country. So so far it it's emerged that uh, when you look at data from at least five years, from 2015 to 2020, uh, 2019, when H1N1 uh, cases have been closely tracked in this country. It's, it's, very, it's emerged that, you know, Maharashtra, Gujarat, Rajasthan, Delhi, and Tamil Nadu, they account for pretty much most of the cases of swine flu in this country. And every year there are different peaks. 2017 was, a, uh, was, a, was an intense H1N1 year when there was, uh, uh, you know, there were literally... Uh, 30,000 cases and um, again Maharashtra and Gujarat were, were you know led with the maximum number of cases in 2015 you know also was a spike and you know that uh, showed nearly 42,000 cases and again Maharashtra, Rajasthan, Gujarat, Delhi they were responsible for about 60% of the swine flu or you know now it's called seasonal flu death so to say. So okay. it's always these four, three or four states that have always made up the bulk of swine flu cases. And now when we see the COVID breakup in this country, 
it's again maharashtra gujarat rajasthan delhi and tamil nadu that account for 70% of confirmed covid cases in that maharashtra and gujarat bear a disproportionately high burden of cases and uh, so it's interesting that given that these are viruses of entirely two different families you know in terms of spread in terms of containment even though this is the first time in history that we have ever, ever had a lockdown of this scale but on the other hand the patterns seem to be very uh, you know very uh, similar even though covid was first detected in kerala it was the first uh, state with the outbreak kerala has never really had a significant role in terms of swine flu outbreaks and uh, you know we are i mean and kerala it's it's the first day i believe where there have been no new cases reported today and so it's pretty much and the curve has been declining for quite some time not so in many other cases uh, any other states but maharashtra and gujarat continue to be the problematic cases where you know the rise is unabated and even though these are states that have a active surveillance detection system so it's really not clear uh, you know what these trends have to uh, you know uh, say for the future but uh, you know you can raise some questions as to if the if these five six states were the ones that are uh, you know particularly susceptible then could we have done a better job of containment in uh, these four or five states or should surveillance right. have been stepped up in these four five states more than any other uh, many other states in this state mm-hmm. so again i'm uh, i'm i i hope this invites more discussion and more experts uh, you know start to look at this it could also be just due to migration patterns because these are states that employ a lot of migrant labor and there's a lot of travel back and forth between these uh, states so again which again brings to the whole migrant labor question as we have been discussing and uh, witnessing for the past 3 or 4 days as to whether this was the optimal strategy for migrant labor per se so i think this this adds brings up throws up more new questions as an ongoing pandemic always uh, does and it's only the future that will actually throw more light on these uh, issues um so i guess it's time to get to the numbers now so you know as we are emerging out of the lockdown we have i think seen reporting from the past two days indicating that the numbers have been surging um over you know uh, by the thousand um and um, it's just that is that today it, there, there were some very worrying um scenes which i th- which i suppose you would expect when lockdowns ease and shops open uh, now we saw some particularly bad scenes from liquor stores around the country um long queues in uh, in andhra in delhi where some shops had to close down after reopening um just because people were like stuffed into like these closed spaces and queues where social distancing norms kind of went out the window so that that's just a prelude but where do we stand now in terms of the numbers because the big concern was that post lockdown we would see a surge uh so the surge has been happening for about for a long time now i mean it's been it's i think it's the third or fourth day on a trot that we are dis- we are posting more than between 2000 to 2500 cases a day we are again yeah. reporting about 83 confirmed deaths um, you know every every day so there has been no let up in that trend uh, our recoveries also have uh, you know we've we the health ministry said that we have a recovery rate of 27% today which uh, they claim is the highest in that we have seen so far which is good news but we are also seeing a rise in numbers and you know we are now nearly 43 to 44000 42000 uh, cases as of today and uh, if you look at it globally india is now among the top 10 uh, con- uh, countries uh, in terms of covid burden 
we are also okay. the country which is uh, uh, you know which is number 9 in terms of tests we have crossed more than a million tests day uh, two days before but again as a proportion of population this still remains quite low so yeah. there are uh, we are we are among the three or four countries in the 40000s i mean uh, rest, i mean there are about 10 countries that are 50000 uh, plus so in that sense yes india is very much a prominent uh, driver of infections and there does not seem to be any uh, let up in uh, in terms of cases but uh, what we are seeing in terms of easing the lockdown etc again the lock uh, it's uh, the lockdown is fairly stringently imposed in the containment zones and yeah. uh, red orange green yes that's one kind of classification but most of the liquor easings that we saw were in places which were in a uh, Uh, non-containment zones. So uh, again, if there have been any explosions of cases, as you know, I mean Tamil Nadu, I believe, recorded 500 odd cases today, but uh, because of uh, you know certain market areas. But again, these would be cases that uh, uh, that are patterns from seven or eight days ago that we are now seeing. So any liquor effect, as we would see, you know, if if at all it's there, you know, would be apparent only after. Eight or nine days, provided you know these uh, testings happen. But eight or nine days is when you know we would be again close to the end of lockdown three. And remember that you know uh, you know officials in the government have actually previously shown projections that show a decline in new cases uh, by the end of May seventeen, which is now widely discredited because I last heard that you know those particular slides are no longer being alluded to. Uh, right. So we don't know what's going to happen, but. again as the gov- as the home ministry has said you know uh, districts containment zones etc are going to be monitored on a weekly basis on based on their performance in the last 21 or 28 days so you're going to ideally we should be seeing new case new place uh, districts uh, go from containment to red or red to orange but alternatively we can we are also going to be seeing cases where uh districts might be coming up into different kind of categories i mean because there's a lot of labor moving in from one place to the other so will infections rise in hitherto places that we have not seen but again that will again uh, come down to the quality of testing uh, or you know whether these infections are actively uh, being captured by surveillance systems so there's still a very very long way to go yeah no it does sound like it i think it's also going to be there are also going to be some confusing times along the way i think truly um, yeah so yeah, so jacob thanks for joining me on this uh, first day of lockdown 3.0 sure Let's see how it goes 